Welcome to Encounter. This is a podcast and radio show where we seek to encounter Christ, culture, and community. In this episode, we sit down with Pastor Anthony Parisi, the pastor of Victory Bible Church in Hamilton, New Jersey. Pastor Anthony has started a really unique ministry in South Jersey over the past year, and our church was kind of looped into that at Calvary Chapel Hamilton, where the pastors are meeting and praying once a month together to encourage each other. So multiple 20 plus churches are meeting, uh, the heads of those churches, the pastors, the people who are heads of ministries that are meeting and just praying for the South Jersey community, for the state, for the country. And we're very excited for you to hear his testimony as he talks about how God called him, how he called him into ministry. And you'll hear a theme repeated that God speaks to you when you drive. So it'll be as a running joke throughout this, that the more you drive, the more God will speak to you. So he called him not only to himself, but then he called him to lead other people and be a shepherd. And so what that calling looked like, how his church handled the quarantine. And we split this up into two episodes because next week is... Um, Palm Sunday into Easter. So we want to uh, observe that. And so we're not going to be recording a new podcast. And also this one was pretty long, even for our standards. So we're going to split it in two. And so this week we cover uh, Pastor Anthony's testimony, how God called him into ministry, uh, COVID and how his church handled it and his new unique ministry that he's putting into practice. And there's a litany of other smaller topics, but those are the main bullet points. As we are posting this episode, it is Palm Sunday. So during this week, I encourage you to go to as many services at your church as you can to fully immerse yourself in what Christ did for us in his death, burial, and resurrection, because that is where our salvation hinges. Yes, Christmas was important, but Easter is even more important because our salvation doesn't rest on the fact that Jesus was born. It rests on the fact that he was resurrected. So rest in that this week. Practice Silent Saturday as you as you feel the full weight of Christ going to the cross. Go to Easter sunrise. Go to Easter uh, Sunday service. Go to Good Friday service. Go to um, any service that you can throughout this this week just to fully understand what Christ did for us. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Um, please like, subscribe, favorite this podcast so we can continue to do the Lord's work. All right, so we're sitting here tonight with Pastor Anthony Parisi, and believe it or not, I have not yet heard your testimony yet, so I'm ex- I'm excited to hear it. I may be the only person at this table. No, have I, you? Haven't. I haven't. Cole, maybe? It, if I have heard it, I have forgotten over the years. I apologize. I really That's do. Right. I was going to quiz so you. Can, if you no, lied say you did, I was like, can you tell me specific no, details about it? Awesome. So uh, you are the pastor of Victory Bible Church. Correct. And I want to know the man behind the story, or the story behind the man, I okay. guess. Okay. Uh, well, uh, I was raised here in Hamilton, right here. This is, uh, I'm the, uh, call myself the George Bailey of Hamilton. You probably don't know who George Bailey is, do you? It's, uh, I know Champ Bailey. It's a wonderful life. The it's a wonderful life. Oh, it's a wonderful okay, life. Yeah, yeah. George oh, Bailey, he fought the Battle of Bedford Falls. So I said, I fight the Battle of Hamilton. This is where, <laughs> okay. this is where the Lord has me. And uh, so this is where I was born and raised and have been. Uh, went to St. Joe. Uh, graduated from St. Joe's. I did uh, first through 12th. Were they always St. the Wildcats? No. The no, Joey's. No, no, we were the Joey's, man. Yeah. Listen, My dad went there when they were What's the it look? What's the mascot Back, look like? Like a dude? It's a, no, no, it's a baby kangaroo. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it has boxing gloves on. I thought it was just a guy named Joe sitting on the corner. Back in the... Back in the day, before yeah. they became wildcats, and the back of center of our gym was uh, the mother kangaroo with the baby in mm-hmm. the pouch, mm. and that's what a joey is—a baby kangaroo. Mm-hmm. So, you want to talk about instilling fear? In <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> yes, baby kangaroo will do it. So, yeah. So we were joeys, and then we switched over to the wildcats back in like '71 or something like that. So mm-hmm. I graduated in 
76. 1976 in the year of our Lord. Can you imagine that? 76. Well, 76. So, yeah. Graduated in 76. And uh, uh, I, I was working down. I worked down the casino. I did uh, HVAC work down there for uh, till 94. And uh, I guess it was 90, 1990, end of 89, the Lord started, to, you know, drawing me. And uh, for some reason, I'm reading the Bible. I'm going, you know, I was the um, foreman for the air conditioning and refrigeration department in in the Tropicana at the time. And the uh, Lord was just drawing me to uh, read the Bible. So I started mm-hmm. reading the Bible. And people would come into my shop and be like, what are you doing? I said, I'm reading the Bible. How come? I have no idea why, but it's an amazing book, you know, because, you know, in my previous, well, in my religious background, uh, you know, we were told you can't understand the Bible and, you know, somebody needs to interpret it for you and all that kind of stuff. So we really didn't, we had the Bible, you know, every family had the big giant Mm -hmm. Bible and uh, it was very respected. You never put anything on it. I remember that, but, you know didn't really read it. It was one of those things. So I started reading the Bible and it was funny. I started reading first and second Kings and I'm reading it and I'm saying, that's a heck of a place to start. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, that's right. It was just, but yeah. this is how the Lord worked this. And it was, I'm reading all these Kings and you know, they'd be good. They'd be good and fall. I'm like, what is the story? All these guys, they can't finish off, you know, they can't finish off. So, you know, and I, then I started listening to, uh, sermons. I'm listening on the radio. 94.5 was the Christian radio station at the time, and I'm listening to messages. Who was your go-to? Who, do you remember anybody that you listened to? Uh, well, let's see. From early on, uh, what, what, I can't remember the guy's name. Was it name. Stanley? Was there a Stanley in there? No, Char- it wasn't okay. Charles Stanley. Uh, if I if I looked up his name, I cannot no, remember. No, no, it's not a problem. Right I just didn't know if you had a go-to. But I did. I did have a go-to, but I can't remember who it was. Okay. So, um, so I'm listening you know, to messages and guys would get in the car and they, you know, they'd be on, they'd be like, what are you doing? Mm. I don't know. I'm listening to these messages. So, uh, this, now this may sound a little bizarre to you, but I'm, uh, I'm driving down the road and I was going to, it was a Friday night. It was a Friday night and I was going first. I was, uh, I had a lawn sprinkler business as well. So I was going to give a few estimates and then it was Friday night. So when you're Friday night and you're in the world, Mm. You're going yeah. to partay. Mm-hmm. I was going to partay. And uh, you have to say it like that. Too. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. can't just say party. Because yeah. it was Friday night. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, and I, I could remember it as clear as day. Uh, and I call it an encounter with God. And it was, um, it was really as I'm driving, music blaring, you know, getting in mode. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was almost like, this will sound crazy to some people, maybe, but maybe not your audience, but uh, it was basically this, it almost like an audible voice, where are you mm-hmm. with God? And, and I just remember I'm driving, I said, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Where did mm-hmm. that come from? Mm-hmm. So, and I still remember as I'm driving, I said, get that thought out of my head, you know. What year was this? Uh, it was late 80s, 89, okay. 89, something like that. 89, I think. God was pretty vocal that year, so maybe that's fine. He yeah, was, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what it was like. It was yeah. it was bizarre, you know. Where did that come from? Because it was crazy. And uh, 
you know, so it was getting in the way of I was just trying the to night. Of, I was just trying to think of what might have been blaring. What, <laughs> yeah. 89? No. Yeah, there were some, you know. Uh, Michael I, Jackson's bed? You know what? I don't, li- <laughs> you know what? I don't listen to I don't listen to any 80s music pretty much, I'll tell you that. You know, uh, 60s I could listen to. Oh, that, that was the age of innocence. When you start getting up, then I don't listen to 80s, it. it was all drug fueled at that point. It was point. bad. It was bad. So, um, so that was that. And uh, like I said, I was reading the Bible. And uh, the following week, well, I tell you the same thing. Where are you with God? And as I'm driving on a Friday night, I still get choked up. Where are you with God? And I just remember I said, where am I with God? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I started searching for a Bible study. I was calling my churches that I went to in town, and they didn't do Bible studies. You know, I wanted to do a Bible study. And nobody, they didn't do them, you know. Uh, again, growing up uh, of that religious background, uh, that's where you went, yeah. you know. And um, there was nothing. Uh, they didn't do them. So uh, I was reading on my own, pretty much, listening to sermons, and... Um, I was dating a girl, and we made a bet. No, we made an arrangement. It wasn't a bet. We made an arrangement that uh, if she came with me to midnight mass, then I would go to her church. You know, it was a deal, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, midnight mass, that's like Super Bowl. That's that's it. Yeah. So I go to midnight mass with her, and, uh, you know, it was completely foreign to her. And um, the following that Saturday following, uh, or that Sunday rather following, I went with her to her church at uh, Green Tree. And, uh, but let me, let me just go back a little bit because here's the wild thing. I had a salesman used to come in who sold chemicals and stuff like that. And he'd come into work and he would witness to me all the time, I'm reading the Bible and listening to the messages. This guy's coming in and witnessing to me. And uh, man, he'd be leaving. Now you got to realize I'm like, 30 years old at the time. He's leaving my shop and I'm, I got to compose myself because I'm <laughs> blubbering like a baby, mm-hmm. you know. I'm like, what is going on right. here? And uh, so God was just drawn, you know. And uh, it went to her church. Uh, it was a Green Tree Ministries. And God gave, the pastor gave the gospel and uh, who wants to get saved? I got saved. I raised my hand and, Amen. and uh, that's when I got saved. You know, that's when I got saved. And uh, it, was, it was like the lights went on. That's all I could tell you. You know, wow. it's a, uh, one of the things, uh, a lot of people that are religious, uh, you know, I always equate it to, um, you know, when you're a kid and you're, you're coloring and, you know, you got the, you know, the where you connect the dots. Oh, the, the numbered, the numbered yeah, dots. The numbered yeah. dots. I always equated to that. I had all the information. I, had, you know, I knew Jesus was, you know, God. I knew that He was born in a manger, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for the sins of the world. By the way, you know, rose again. But if you were to ask me uh, how you were getting to heaven, I, you know, I was a good person. I was baptized as a baby. All those kind of things. And uh, and it was that day, you know. So you you look at those dots and you're like what are these dots? You can't see what, you know, right. what it is. And then once they connect, you're like, Oh, it's a dinosaur. How didn't I see that? And, uh, and that's what it was. The dots connect. And it was like, that's wow. pretty good. Uh, I like that analogy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what it was. It was crazy. Uh, and you know, the lights went on and, um, that's when I got saved, you know? Mm. So it was just, uh, amazing thing. <laughs> amazing thing. Really. Wow. And I think for Catholicism, it almost seems like that dot analogy applies to most people who were yeah. Catholic and get, get saved. Yeah. It's like, you do have the basic, 
knowledge. I mean, as much as we do have differences between Catholics and Christians, yeah. between the traditional, but we do have the same Jesus. We do have the same God. We have we, we same... have the same knowledge of it. Yeah, it's they uh, as I like to say, they know. Uh, what ha- happened, mm-hmm. but they don't know why it happened. Mm-hmm. And that's where they go into a works-based, you know, mm-hmm. religious system. Right. But once, uh, listen, I love Catholic people because I think some of the most devout people oh, are yeah. Catholics mm-hmm. can make Christians look bad. Right. Oh, yeah. Because they're very devout, uh, a lot of them, you know. Uh, but uh, once the dots connect <laughs> and they see it, and mm-hmm. it's not a matter of, you know, my good works, you know, it changes the ball game now, you know, and that's what I try to tell people all the time, you know, before I did good things. And listen, I went to confession till I was 30. I didn't just like, right. you know, you went to confession and stuff like that. You, you weren't know? a Catholic by culture. You were a Catholic by religion. Yeah. Like yeah. Were... And I wasn't even like a priester. I went every week. Mm-hmm. I was there, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so once you understand that, man, your price has been paid. And before I did good works, but, you know, when, when it comes down to it, Yes, I loved God. Yes, I did those things. But it, when it gets down to bare bones, well, I'm doing it for me, right? I got to cover myself here. Mm-hmm. You know, I love yeah. you, God, but I better do these things so I don't end up uh, either in purgatory or in hell or someplace mm-hmm. in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you realize that, man, your price has been paid for, now the things I do, the whole motive has changed. Now mm-hmm. it's like, are you kidding me? You would save somebody like me, you know, yeah. what can I do to thank you? Yeah. So. That was the changing point right there. So a green tree ministry, which uh, they never knew. The guy who used to come and witness to me, he would witness to me. Uh, he was faithful all the time, right? Never knew anything because mm-hmm. I had left the casinos and, uh, you know, uh, or I never seen him. I think he had left for, he had left his job first. And one day I'm driving uh, into Ocean City and they had a station there. I don't know if it's in there anymore. WIBG. It's an AM station. I'm listening to it and I'm hearing this voice and I'm saying, it sounds like John, this guy that would come in and witness to me. And uh, I heard the number. I called him up. I said, hey, I said, hey, who I was. He said, hey, how you doing? This and that. I said, listen, let me tell you something. You probably don't know, but you know, you had a big part <laughs> in wow. all of this. Wow. That um, didn't go unheard that I got saved. Right, and right. he was like, you're kidding me. I said, I'll go even one further. I'm a pastor in the church. Wow. And he was blown away. Wow. I can't imagine that feeling. Of yeah, right. Because yeah. he, he knew the before Christ. So he was like, mm. he was blown away. He's screaming over the phone. So mm. you never know. Uh-huh. Well, you that's what's know. something I really think is special about people who decide to do ministry in the town they grew up in. Because there's always a B.C., in like, yeah, everybody's life. And right. it is more challenging, in my opinion, to step out and make that change and let people see that change and, and make mistakes along the way, too. It's not like an yeah. immediate change where your life is completely on the right, right track right, after right. that. Right. Then to just skip town and plant it somewhere else where you don't have that history behind you. you know. Yeah. And I, I admire the courage to plant a church in the town Well, I didn't plant in. the church. Okay, no, I'm sorry. No, I didn't plant the that church. Was, that was my next question. Yeah. So how did yeah. Anthony become Pastor Anthony? Okay, so it was uh, – we found a Bible. I was going to, uh, I was going to uh, the church I grew up in in the morning – I'd go to Green Tree at night. I was back and forth. Back is and Green forth. Tree still around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Green Tree. Where's that? Big ministry. Uh, no, it's in a corporate township. Oh, okay. It's a big church, big okay. ministry. Right. So I'd go to my church where I grew up in the morning. Go to Green Tree at night. Still, it's a tough transition, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so, and I'm hearing the Bible being preached, and I'm like, man, this is awesome, you know. So we did that. We kept. I kept going back and forth, and then. Um, 
My brother-in-law, Paul Menno, who was my best friend from first grade, you know, and we lived near each other, so we were best friends. Um, he goes into uh, Dr. Hong's office, he used to be a doctor in Hamilton, and uh, the, the secretary there get, hands him a tract. Uh, a chick track. You know what a chick track is? Mm-hmm. They're like the comic book ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy's name is Jack Chick. Everybody thinks I'm talking about, you know, a girl like, or something. Yeah, me too. Yeah, chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. chick track. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of chick track? That was at the party. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Went with that. So, uh, hands him a track. Uh, this was your life, yeah. right? If you ever want to read a track, man, that's an eye over This was your life. As a matter of fact, here's the wild thing. I'm, go- I'm going to show you something that's wild. I'm going to yeah. show you something that's wild. Uh, you can't see it on a podcast. That's okay. But, we can but, attach it or something. If we- yeah, but this is this is uh, pretty wild stuff. But uh, this was your life. I, re- I got that track when I was in 10th grade. Mm-hmm. I got two of these All tracks. Right. One was This Was Your Life, and uh, one was Holy Joe. And while, you know, I looked for the, uh, I was very Catholic, so I was looking for the imprimatur, which is the seal of the Pope saying, you could, you could read this. I know that's what that was called. So, uh, but I didn't see it, but it had scripture in it. So I knew it was, you know, sacred Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So I would never throw them out. I kept them, right? Mm -hmm. And they were, let me tell you something, convicting is all get out, right? I mean, scary convicting. Jack Chick when he wrote these tracks, he didn't, he didn't mess. Right. So, uh, anyway, uh, he's handed a track at the doctor's office and he gets saved. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, uh, he started to, to go to the girl who worked at the doctor's office. Her husband was the original pastor at Victory Bible Church, but it wasn't Victory Bible Church. Uh, we were meeting in a Carver Township. It was meeting in a Carver Township in a fire hall, mm-hmm. Farmington fire hall. Right. So I'm going to Green Tree, and he says, you got to come in here to this pastor. Uh, come down here, right? Now, Green Tree, you go to, Green Tree is a huge church, mm-hmm. you know, and, I mean, powerful stuff. So I said, oh, I'll go with you. And I go down, and uh, here is uh, this fire hall we're meeting in, you know. They got a, a, a wood wall up. They have a nursery, one kid in it, and there's uh, three people, my brother-in-law, me, and another guy. That was the attendance, you know, but I'll tell you what, the preacher preached, man. It, mm. it was the word. You right? talk about pressure to tithe, right? They're like looking yeah. right at you. <laughs> pass, that <laughs> thing, pass that thing around. Yeah. So, so the, uh, the wild thing is the, um, uh, I started going to that church cause it was like, it was the word was being mm-hmm. preached. I mean, it was yeah. all just the word, you know? And, um, so anyway, started going there. We said, listen, why don't you do a Bible study at our house? So that's what happened. He started doing Bible, coming to my house, doing a Bible study. And then just like, you know, Paul's asking people, hey, come on out. And me, I lived, uh, you know, Sam Michelle, you know, Sammy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he lived, he grew up across the street from me. So Paul's around the corner, Sammy's across the street, and I'd go witness to him. And, and then he started coming to Bible study and, you know, started growing. And we would go down to Farmington and to this uh, little church there. And I guess there was 15 of us coming from Hamilton. And we said uh, to the pastor, listen, everybody is coming from Hamilton here. There's nobody from here. Why didn't you move the church to Hamilton? Mm -hmm. So uh, he said, I'll pray about it. And and then he did. His wife was actually from up here too. She was from Williamstown. So uh, he did. And uh, we started meeting in my living room. 
So we had 15 seats up in my living room, and we'd have Sunday services in my living room. And in the meantime, we were looking for a uh, someplace to have it, and we ended up at the Village Shops, uh, where you guys, I think, ended up right right afterwards. Yeah, yeah. The, right at, behind by the Reedus. Fish. Yep, by Reedus. And by the fish market. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, we used to be called that fish church, and it wasn't called the Christian fish. It was called the fish market. The fish market. dumpster <laughs> was right there. <laughs> it had that nice aroma. Yeah. So... Um, so we started, then we moved into there and, you know, we started to meet there and, and we started to grow there. And, um, I guess it was, uh, that was 1990, 91, somewhere in there. And, uh, I met, uh, I met my wife, uh, who was, it's just funny how it goes. I'm giving you my life story right here. This is it. This is, yeah, I didn't great. start living until I was 30. So this was it. Gotcha. I, well, I just turned 30 <laughs> so I can start now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 30 on was the best. I'm yeah. telling you right now. All right. So, um, I was, uh, uh Sam, uh, was getting married. And of course I was, you know, witnessing to him. So he asked me to be his best man, his, uh, wife to be her best friend. She asked, of course, to be the maid of honor. Uh, so we're standing. I went to the, uh, I went to the carnival in town there to get a sausage and pepper sandwich. That's what I went for sausage and pepper. Mm-hmm. And standing from me to you away is this girl and this guy who's in the wedding party says, Hey, you two might as well meet. You're going to be walking together in this wedding. So, uh, we meet and, uh, that was in July. And in September we were engaged and in March we were married. Yeah. Wow. How about that? Now, I, I'm jumping around a little bit, but I'm going to tell you, I'm telling you how amazing God is. Now, I'm 33 at the time, mm-hmm. right? Uh, this is wild how it goes. You know, do you ever do a, new, uh, a number study in the Bible that numbers mean certain things? Numerology. Right? Mm-hmm. Numerology, mm-hmm. right. So I'm doing this, uh, I'm listening to this cassette tape of numerology. That's right. It wasn't a track, although I had, <laughs> I had them at one yeah. time, but it was cassette. I'm listening to it. I'm 33 years old. It's my birthday that day. I'm backing into my parking spot as I'm about to go into work down Atlantic city. And I said, well, Lord, I'm 33 years old. What do you got for me? This was in May, right? I'm telling you, July, I met my wife in September. I was engaged in March. I was married all 33. She gets pregnant by the end of April. And so I was like, wow, that was pretty wild, Lord. That was a wild year right a, there. 33, the year, year and 33 means the year of promise. I said, well, it's the year of promise, Lord. What do you got for him? Yeah. yeah. You know, because I wasn't looking for a wife. It was just amazing how it all worked out. So uh, God's been amazing. God's been amazing. So we were going to this church, you know, and uh, even with that, uh, even with Again, God's been amazing. I, I meet my wife, and, you know, uh, I looked at her, and I went, oh, you know, it was one of those. Humma, humma. She was yeah, yeah, very yeah. nice. She was very nice. I was, I was a Christian, her but personality I was still right. Right. Her personality. Her personality yeah. just made, made from, me stagger. From her distance. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. For, yeah. I always say I went for a sausage and pepper sandwich. I came back with a filet. I'm like, oh, yeah. cow, how did this happen? This girl, this girl here was everything, right? She was just stunning. Uh, and... Uh, I didn't want to get thrown off because I was on fire for the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the word was, you know, I talked to her friend who was, she was the maid of honor for, and she said, well, she's got one foot in the world, one foot with the Lord. You know, she was raised in the church, that kind of thing. Right. So I didn't want to get messed up. And uh, we were going for our first date and it was on, um, it was on a Thursday. Right. I fast and pray. I'm, I'm fasting for the day. I'm praying. I'm saying, Lord, I don't want to get thrown off track here. You know, uh, if she's not the one for me, then break it off. And, and if she is, 
I wanted one to be back on fire for you, Lord. And I wanted to be a Bible study on Monday night. This was on a Thursday. I pray this. And I'm just a new believer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Throwing the fleece out. Right? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. 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 Sunday, we go to the church down there in Farmington. And this is like our first kind of time together, you know, we mm-hmm. just met. So we go to the church and she has long blonde hair and and I'm hearing all this sniffling. I'm going, does she have allergies or what? I can't see her face or anything, right? And she is sobbing, right? It was just... Sounds like peanuts. <laughs> it, was it was just allergy. amazing. It was, yeah. no. She, it, she, he was preaching uh, mm. that the Lord, you know, same yesterday, today, and forever. That mm. the same God who saved mm. you, Sarah Ford. She is crying her eyes out, right? Now I pray that she'll be back on fire for the Lord, right? And uh, all of a sudden, she walks out in the park. I never told her, because that would kind of ruin the whole yeah. thing, right? Between me and God. And uh, she walks out in the park and she goes, I'm back, right? When it's answered, I remember I turned around at the parking lot. I went, no, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I just pointed out, that's pretty good. And uh, that was Sunday. And then Monday night, we were doing a Bible study in my house. And mm. she knew we were doing it. I didn't invite her. And she showed up. Wow. And that's what I said. Two months later, we were engaged. And it was, you know, meant to be. It was God's plan. Uh, yeah. When, um, like, not exact same, but similar story with my wife, Allison. Um, I think you've known for uh, quite some time now. She she was raised Catholic, and, and it was the same kind of thing. Like, I just, um, she was very pretty, and uh, she did she did go to Catholic church, and she was willing to come with me. But my big thing that I was praying for was that it wasn't going to be because of me that she came to church. So right. I was keeping her at arm's distance to not start a relationship. And then on us, we, uh, we did church on the farm. Um, so that's like, but we go to the migrant, the Haitians that are there. And so I was like, man, she's going to come out to this. Like she's into, you know, cause it's not fun. It's hot. You're sitting out there with like five Haitian people. You don't know what they're saying. Right. And, um, she walked up to me after a pastor instead of, uh, like a short sermon that was then translated into, into Creole. And then she just said, I want to know who Jesus is. And she pulled my dad aside and my dad led her to Christ on the wow. side of the, in the farm. Um, and then I was like, all right, well, I think we can consider dating now, you know, cause she, <laughs> you know, you know, obviously you don't want to yeah. jump right in even after that. Cause you know, equally yoked and all that. But I right, was like, right. you know, we can continue this, this walk. And she just was on fire and, you know, went past me, you know, pretty quickly. Yeah. But. It's, it's uh, it was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing. My wife's testimony is that, you know what? She got saved. Well, she got saved. She said at 12, walked the aisle, got baptized, and uh, she felt at 23, she was like, you know what? I think I just did it because that's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. She was raised in the church, mm-hmm. and she really believes that uh, she got saved at that point when she was 23. Okay. I got 10 years on her, which she wants everybody to know, by the way. So. Okay, got gotcha. <laughs> yeah. uh, But... Um, but yeah, so uh, that's her testimony that really the Lord grabbed mm-hmm. the whole of her then. She didn't have one foot in the world. She wasn't, she was just, you know, kind of went through the motions kind gotcha. of thing. So, Makes sense. Um, so yeah, so anyway, and I say that God's planning because, um, you know, the pastor we had discipled us. I mean, we would study the Bible. We're single. We're studying the Bible five hours at a time. We're just, you know, in the word. And um, uh, the, the Lord was putting on my heart to preach. I was uh, taking classes, Bible classes. The Philadelphia College of Bible had a like a, I don't know what they call it. Where they're in a they're in a church in Vineland, basically an exchange program. What is the word? An exchange no. program. Well, basically sounds they're having. Satellite, it sounds good, right? Yeah. Program. Doesn't that sound like satellite program? Sounds nice. Satellite. Yeah. 
Yeah. There you go. I'll tell you what, you don't say much, but when you do say something, <laughs> yeah, it's nails big. It. It's yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's big. It's very big. Wait, yeah. if you can get him laughing, it's the best laugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like this high pitch thing, and then he goes silent, and his face turns red. <laughs> So that's, that's your goal tonight. That's it's gold. Secondary yeah, goal. Like, Gospel, I, then coal. I, I like yeah. goals, yeah. So um, so I was taking classes, and the pastor was always, you know, challenging us to stand up to do a message. So uh, we would do that, and the Lord was putting on my heart to preach. Mm. So every, you know, four, five, six weeks, I would do a message kind of thing. And uh, uh, he ended up leaving, you know, unannounced on a, you know, on a Tuesday, I think it was, and Sunday was coming, you know. So it was, uh, we had like 50 people in the church at the time. And uh, we said, uh, I remember I said to my wife, I said, well, where are we going to go to church? She goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, we don't have a pastor and, uh, you know, where are we going to go to church? <laughs> she says, you preach, she tells me. That's was, that was her thing. You preach. Uh, that was her encouragement. So, uh, uh, right. yes. I remember. I remember where. I remember, yeah. I, listen, I remember where I was when it happened. It was one of those moments, you know, mm-hmm. one of those moments. You preach. So it was myself and uh, my brother-in-law, Paul, and, uh, and we would get people uh, to rotate, one of the first ones was actually somebody from uh, Friends of Israel, Tom Simcox, uh, and we would rotate, and we kept going, mm-hmm. kept going, and uh, it just uh, the church kept going. Yeah, so, so. Mike's making a buzz noise. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so. that's how that's how I, it was. Uh, I wasn't pastor then; it was just kind of you know, I was filling in the. That was like in '95. Dipping your toe in the. Yeah, yeah. I was. It wasn't on my radar screen of life to be a pastor, mm-hmm. you know. So um, we did that. Uh, one of the teachers I had, Dick Sparling, he was. Uh, he came and did. A, he was guest speaking, and he said, uh, "We said, listen, why don't you, uh, why don't you pastor the church?" He was about almost seventy at the time. We said, "Why don't you pastor the church?" Right? Because he he had the, this gift of just. He was organized. He you know he was. And uh, I remember he said to me, he said, uh, all right, well, let's, uh, what's your uh, doctrinal statement? He said, the Bible, you know, <laughs> the Bible, what do you Nailed mean? It. Yeah. Yeah. Right, the Bible. So, I mean, we were, you know, where we were raised, would, and the first pastor, he wasn't into all that kind of stuff, the organization part. So we said, the Bible. He goes, okay, he goes, uh, what's your membership? Anybody who comes is a member, mm. right? So then he's, <laughs> the best he says, uh, all right, so let me see the, your record keeping, right? So we hand him a checkbook because that's all we're saying to us. It was like, mm-hmm. and he's like, uh, oh, this is, this ain't a church. This may be a Bible study at best. He goes, this mm-hmm. is crazy, you know. But he got us a, a constitution with a doctrinal statement and, you know, membership and uh, got us online for that and, uh, uh, you know, and then he stayed for a year and he started having some health problems and then it became, again, you know, I would preach every once in a while when he was there and then he had health problems and it ended up coming back me and two other guys we were rotating and preaching and stuff like that and uh that was what 95 96 so this was like in 97 beginning of 97 and uh all i could say it it was kind of like uh okay whoever wants to be a pastor take one step forward and uh Everybody took a step back, and I said, well, how did this happen? This wasn't, you know, that's when the reality of it came about, that oh, maybe that's, you know. Although I did fought, fight the Lord for uh, a few years because I was like, I'm not a pastor. This is not, you know, 
that wasn't my thing. Right. So, so that's how it went. That's that's how we went into that position. And then from there, like, so to get to Hamilton, because I have a couple of questions about oh, like yes. Hamilton okay. in general, like what it's like being a pastor in this community and stuff like that. So how did you get here? Okay. So, well, he moved out of Carpet Township, moved back. We were in my living room, you know, went to the village shops. And uh, uh, by a miracle of God, we started growing. <laughs> Believe me, it was amazing when we're now having, you know, it could fit a hundred chairs in this, uh, the village shops where we were. And, uh, so we started to, then we had two storefronts and then we knocked out a wall. We had the third one, um, cause we were growing. So it was just amazing. How did mm-hmm. this ever happen? Kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we just uh, started looking for property. We said, you know, we need a church. Um, you know, people don't like to go to storefront. Mostly they like to go to a church building, you know, being a very traditional kind of town. We yeah. felt a church would be the best like way to go. standalone building. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we, we put everybody together and we bought this property where we are. That was just an empty lot. We bought the property and, uh, and then we were saving up to build a building, but, uh, where we were, we can only, you know, every year they say construction costs go up about 10% and where we were, we could only, we were saving about 10%. So we were never catching up. Mm-hmm. So we said, all right, we're going to take out a loan, uh, 400, no, $500,000 loan. One condition, nobody has to co-sign, right? That was the deal. Give us bank, give us money. Nobody co-signed. We didn't want to put that on anybody's shoulders. Mm-hmm. So I went to three banks and they were like, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> no, we're not giving you money without a co-signer. And then we went to the fourth bank and they saw the property. They saw the membership. They saw the book. They, they really look more. And, uh, they said, we'll give you the money. Nobody has to co-sign. So, um, that was Sun Bank. That was the lesson. I said, should have followed the sun from the beginning. Yeah, right? yeah, so, yeah. But uh, Sun Bank gave us the money and uh, we broke ground in like 2000. We broke ground and, uh, you know, 2001, that building opened, you know, um, there was a uh, there was a pivotal uh, point that was, um, I guess, in, that I found out early in ministry. And this this had to be, again, 97 98 something like this and this was this was a, uh, a an early changing point in ministry for me but uh, something happened and uh, some things were said and I was uh, you know upset I was upset matter of fact uh, I was uh, I'd like to say I was grieved in the spirit but I was ticked off there was mm-hmm. a, you know we, we like yeah. this. we've all been there yeah, 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 yeah. I was ticked off right uh, to the point where now I'm losing sleep right mm-hmm. I'm losing sleep and if I'm losing sleep because I can sleep pretty good um, you know I'm like this is bad I'm so I'm wrestling mm. I'm wrestling with I'm done I ain't doing this I I am not doing this pastor and think this is I'm out right and I'm back and forth and uh, wrestling with God. And uh, it was that moment, did you ever say, you know, something like, uh, you finally make that decision, that weight comes off your shoulders, right? It was that moment. And I remember uh, as I'm, I'm driving down the road, and I'll tell you where I was, right by, um, what's the uh, fitness place up there in Cedar Brook? What's it called? Uh, I don't know. Planet Fitness? No. 
No, Planet Fitness wasn't around then. Uh, it's still there. Shapes to come. Shapes, uh, I, uh, I'm I just passing as I'm coming up. Shapes to come. This is the defining moment thing. You know where you are. You know, you know, right? You know where you are. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys are young. You mm-hmm. probably have you had to be anywhere yet? Were you? How old are you? Thirty. So you were like nine uh, eleven. You remember nine eleven? Oh yeah, yeah. Right? Oh yeah. There's, I have a lot of those. He's yeah. thirty. Yeah. He's thirty nine. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> In personality. Yeah. So you know where you yeah. were. One of those moments. So I knew where I was. Right. And I'm wrestling with the Lord and I'm saying, I'm done. You know, they can get somebody else. I'm done. And I had that moment of, oh, I made the decision. I was just going to call and just say, you know, gets, I'll hang on, whatever. I'm done. When I tell you within a minute of me saying that, less than a minute, my, my, phone, my phone voicemail goes off, which was uh, Nextel at the time. And, uh, you know, so that was normal. I, I heard the voicemail thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I said, I got a phone call. I didn't even hear a ring. You know, it was one of those things. Went right to voicemail. So I, I play it back, and all the person said on the phone was, Anthony, just keep preaching, right? And I said, uh, I <laughs> this thing. Did you save that message? I feel you. I, 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 when it was on my old phone, I did. Yeah. Because I let everybody hear. It. I'm going, whose voice is this? Mm. God used somebody. I yeah. mean, it wasn't Anthony. Just keep. You know, it wasn't yeah. like that. Yeah. It was. I am. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a regular. But it was just, just this. When I tell you, it was this, just this quiet voice, where it was within a minute, maybe less. Because and for me to just pick up my phone and say, oh, I wonder who called. Anthony, just keep preaching. And I'm telling you what, I'm driving down the road and I'm blubbering like a baby. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, and um, what I learned was uh, I kept saying to the Lord, I'm done. And that's that's was a key thing that I had to learn early on in ministry. You know, when John the Baptist says, I must decrease so he could increase mm-hmm. for me to be that upset. It was me. Right. Mm-hmm. It was me. And uh, and I had to be done. You know, I had to die to make make of your conscience. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, God used that. God used somebody to make a phone call at the right moment. Hmm. So when people say, "Ah, God doesn't do that," yes, He does. Yeah. And it was just that was a key because right when I tell you right after that, it changed everything, and uh, the ministry took off. <laughs> it was just crazy right. that you know. People started coming and filling in, and you know, and that was the that was the that was a key uh, point in ministry for me. That it was just I had to be done. There was too much of me, uh, and God used that whole thing. And I think but, a lot of people don't have they don't push through something long enough to have that moment where, like, uh, we talk about this like on the podcast once in a while. But the consumerist mentality with churches, how there's so many churches to go to. Like we, within 45 minutes, we could go to a dozen churches that are Bible believing churches. Yeah. Um, and so if you get upset at one, you just kind of go just, to the next one. You know, instead of like night. investing and planting and finding family and and you know becoming valuable to that church instead of just seeking value in it. You know, right. and right. and and you're gonna if you're a part of it like a Bible believing church and your family. You're gonna get ticked off. Like it's yes, part of the it's part of it's family. part of the growing process, and God's <laughs> gonna use family. them to refine you. You know, yeah. the few yeah. times in my life that I've gotten in, I've had that feeling, like the lost sleep feeling, because again, I sleep like a baby. Yeah, and I guess that's bad. That's a bad saying. My baby didn't sleep, <laughs> um, but um, sleep like a rock. And um, when I don't sleep, I know there's something heavy on my heart, and it's usually my pride. 
um, yeah. uh, usually. And it takes a while for it to break. Yeah. So it's uh, it's encouraging to hear that you stuck with it, and then it just ex- got exploded. You know, you know what? In your life. The scripture was that, you know, the shepherd uh, fights for the sheep, the hireling runs. And I kept saying, Lord, I don't want to be a hireling. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want to be a hireling. This was the battle that right. was going on inside me. And uh, that's the reason I, I fought through it, to tell you the truth. It was his word. Just, you know, I'm saying, I don't want to be that hireling. That's not what I want to be. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that's where it was. It was pretty, uh, yeah. Pretty I know, uh, I did, I kind of, cause growing up in Hamilton. So when I first became aware of like Hamilton and, and, and South Jersey and the Christian churches around, like victory is always this big church already, you know? So I, yeah. I never, I didn't know you had humble beginnings like every other church <laughs> yeah, too. We, you we know? were tiny. Yeah. <laughs> we were tiny little, they used to, they used to make fun of us. I'll tell you that fish church, they, you know, cause it was, we made fun of, but it was nice going to Rita's and some, and some, well, afternoons. you know what? Rita's was just opening when we were leaving. Oh, cause no. I still remember my kids going, dad, why are we leaving now? Rita's is here. Right, right. right. <laughs> well, it's good because all of our older members are still fighting diabetes when we were over there for a little bit. Um, so I just like, I could have a bunch of questions because there's yeah. so many cool, uh, cool parts of that. But one was like, what is one thing you miss about being in like the smaller church? So like at the, at the, the fish market, because I know it can, the simplicity is probably nice. I, I, yeah. I remember it feeling like so authentic when you're part of a really small church right. because there's nothing in it for you. Like you're there just to preach the word or hear the word and build up the body. Yeah. You know, especially when there's only four, like you were five, like you were saying at the beginning. Yeah, was, like, do you miss any of that small feel? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you, I, I might be a little bizarre because I, I still say, you know, little victory Bible church. I still think little like mm. you know i mean it's bigger than it was but i don't you know when i think big churches i'm thinking you know the mega churches that yeah, are yeah, yeah. two thousand people thousand, yeah. you know thousand people whatever so i always say you know we're just that little church but uh, uh i mean you know you, you had it was simpler times yeah no that about it you know it was simpler but life's not simple anymore mm. you know life's very busy uh people have changed even coming out of COVID, it's different you know, it's a different kind of uh, dynamic now, but uh, do I miss anything? Well, for uh, for for COVID, that's a good segue because I, I know um, at churches. My brother went to a church in Cherry Hill slash Four. He's somewhere up there. I think it was Elevate or some verb. You know, right. and he. Um, was going there and, and he took a few months off for COVID and then he went to go back. He just assumed they were still there. And he went after like the three months, whenever the lockdown happened, he went back and it was just, the doors were shut and it was like, we closed. Really? And he, that's a story of like thousands of churches across yeah. the, the country that just couldn't sustain or didn't stay open. Like, and we noticed too with our congregation where we, uh, at Calvary that it's a different group of people because certain, yeah. people, certain just people just stopped, just right. fell away, you yeah. know, and certain people stayed. Did it affect your congregation at all? It was it was crazy. I mean, we still have people that are online, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, they're watching streaming, which I didn't even know because I don't get to see them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, every once in a while, I'll say, "Who's out there?" You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Who's there? I mean, <laughs> at this point. I would right, think right, you need yeah. to be back in church. You know, yeah. I think some people just got comfortable with it. Right. You know, yeah. it's nice. As a matter of fact, I said that one Sunday. I said, you know what? I'm going to change it around. I'm staying home in my pajamas. I'm not going to preach. I'm going to preach from my couch. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, try this. Like a robe with some yeah. cereal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's try this. It may be the whole different dynamic. But uh, uh, we had a, a large, yeah, I mean, a lot of new faces. It's it's wild. And I think for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, um, I think there's people searching. I mean, we're finding a lot of unsaved people. I don't know if you guys, there's a lot of unsaved people that are just uh, looking for what's mm-hmm. going on in this world mm-hmm. kind of thing. So that's been a big dynamic. And 
And uh, a lot of young married couples have, uh, <laughs> which is cool, you know, because uh, it really, you know, Awana started blowing right, up right. again and all these things, you know, uh, it's coming out of COVID. So it's been uh, it's been exciting. Mm. And it, it came at the right time because I'll tell you, it was, uh, you know, when you're a pastor, it's this crazy thing. When you're a pastor, you like people. Right. Yeah, it's an amazing that's, little that's thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. thing. And I like people, so um, you know. So when you don't see them, you know, that's that's that doesn't you know fare well. I yeah, guess, it's not right? a, it's not the job you signed up for. Right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You like people, and uh, so you miss people. You know, so uh, so it was uh, you know preaching outside. I mean, we preached outside for a year. I preached outside. We had that little you know. Uh, the, the drove right? back there. We had the drive-in service, you know, because some people were still coming. Some people came in when they said we could come in again, you mm-hmm. know, like we did our flatten the curve thing, you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, then we started uh, when they said you go back in. We went back in, and um, we. Uh, but I was preaching outside because a lot of people weren't comfortable with it. Right. So, uh, and that was through the winter, you know. So we had the, uh, I was preaching out in the open, and then uh, I said, listen, you got to close this thing in. So we closed it in. We had to insulate it. So it was the cozy shack. That's, That's what I was, <laughs> right, I was right, preaching right. from, the cozy shack. I was going to say, I, feel, I was thinking of the worship team members right away for being outside with their yeah. fingers in the cold. And yeah, well, it was, you know what? We could only do track music, and they were oh, singing, okay. yeah. but it was just, it do was too cold. Do. Yeah, yeah, do what you got to do. So we did that for uh, a year until finally they gave the all clear mm. which you know we we're waiting for the next time it's not all clear but yeah. um you know we'll see where we go from there but um so yeah so people started coming back and you know now it's really been uh it's been uh, pretty good pretty crowded pretty uh you know I don't count numbers. People ask how many. I don't count numbers. I don't. No. I don't. That's not just not one of my things. So yeah, at least not a motivator. You know. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. And, and for for I think what we've noticed in our church is that like there was we had the saying like the the ten percent does everything right yeah. like you know the, the yeah. ministers on Sunday morning the people yeah. who carry out ministries and I think our ten percent grew because like the the people that stopped coming weren't serving. They right. were just pew fillers, you know, yeah. and, and I don't know if I'm like label them generally, generally, but if you're not back yet, it's a broad brush, but it's, it's a broad safe. brush, but yeah, <laughs> it's, if you're, I mean, it's, it's been two years now, you know, yeah. and, and, um, anyway, you're willing to go out to eat and go to concerts and everything, but not church. Right, it's right. like, okay, where are you drawing the line here? Right, right. Exactly. Um, and I think our, our church grew in terms of like the people that stayed and then the people that were searching for churches that were open, it, it grew because there were the, the really dedicated who were willing to, at some point, take a risk to, to serve Christ, yeah. you know? Um, and so I, I think that churches that did stay open, like, like yours, and, and I think God blessed that by providing people who were like really willing to serve. Yeah. You know? I, I kind of, you know, when you're going through it, you're kind of looking, I'm saying, uh, I had to, you know look back, I just kept thinking of Gideon, you know, God adds by subtraction sometimes. Mm -hmm. You may have a a thinner workforce, but Mm -hmm. uh, you got people that are dedicated and, you know. Like pruning uh, the vine. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes that's what God does it, you know. Mm -hmm. I got, as a pastor, you got to get to the place, and I'm not saying I'm always there yet, by the way, but you got to get to that place where, you know, Jesus said he will build his church. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, you know, so sometimes he moves people. I mean, we've had people from your church come to us mm-hmm. and our church go to you, mm-hmm. right? 
Wait, weren't you one of them? Just fired. Yeah, your daughter stole one of our most important ones. <laughs> Scott Hummel is my best yeah, friend. And that's right. That's Scott, I yeah. feel like it's a fair trade. It's a trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got that's a right. guitar player. We got a piano. Player. That's right. That's right. So, so you know, it, it was just, and you got to really say, okay, Lord, you build your church. You know, He mm-hmm. does that. And, uh, you know, it was funny. I, had, I got a call one time from a, a very fundamental pastor because some he heard some of his people were coming to victory, right? And he said, uh, listen, he goes, in fundamental circles, the pastor's supposed to call the other pastor where they're coming from. I said, uh, really? I mean, I didn't go to, you know, I yeah. didn't go to pastor school. So I just yeah. kind of, you know. <laughs> just going with the flow. The, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, said, I said, really? He said, uh, yeah, you're supposed to. I said I didn't. I said nobody's ever called me. Well, you know? yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. So, wait, wait. Somebody new comes to your church, and you're, and it's if they come from another church, right? And not just a one-time visit, but now they start consistently. All of a sudden, got they're consistently right. You should call that pastor and tell him. So I said, well, I didn't know that. I said uh, I never heard that. You know, I never heard. I mean. I never heard that, but I'm not, I wasn't from the fundamental circles, right? So I, I just said, uh, you know, for one, I wasn't hiding it from you. I just, nobody's ever called me. Number, number one, I've never, we got people from Victory coming here. Nobody's ever called me, number one. But uh, number two, he goes, you know, you don't go visit him, you don't call him, this and that. And I told he must have thought I was off the wall because I said, Listen, I'm amazed anybody comes back because I don't call anybody, you know, mm. and I don't. I mean, you know, I figured, especially if they're just coming in, I, I don't, don't try to convince them. anybody. This is the Lord's got to move them. And I've had right. people ask me, "Well, what do you think?" I said, "I think it's it's a personal walk. I believe in the personal mm-hmm. walk with Christ, and you got to see where He wants you. He builds His church, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, sometimes we got to." We got to really, uh, as a pastor, you don't like to lose anybody, but you got to keep reminding yourself of that. He builds his church, mm-hmm. and you know, and and I think that's one of the things as as a uh, as a group and what's happening now with the pastors that are meeting. Uh, you know, I think that's one of the key things that uh, is important, uh, and I think that's one of the if pastors understand that, uh, it takes the the guard down, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that's a good segue. Cause I, one, uh, for the, how long has the pastor's been meeting? How long has that been? We had our first meeting in, uh, either September, I think September or October, something okay. like that. So not that long. So that's, so it's, that's, it's, I mean, it's it, yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm saying when I first heard that the pastors are meeting, I was kind of mind blown. Um, because, uh, I, again, growing up in this town, it seems pretty segregated, yeah. not just between, you know, I'm not, uh, not saying Calvary Victory, I'm saying uh, AG, right? Yeah, and yeah, you're talking about yeah. Catholic and you're talking about Presbyterian and Baptist. Right. Like, Iglesia ni Cristo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus in the midst, whatever that one is. Yeah. Um, on the other side of town. And um, I don't know. It, it's almost like this like covetous thing where if you, if you like show any – I don't know, favor towards one, then they might take some members and then you got to worry about that. And to, right. to see this, this, uh, ministry start, that's like, we are under the same God. We're going to put aside the nominal differences, not the ones mm-hmm. that deal with salvation. Right. That's right. what you, we briefly talked about on Monday. Like, yeah. um, and then we're going to pray for the community that we're in and South Jersey, the whole, and our country as a whole. Um, what, um, like when you decided to, to put it together, you said, God just kind of put it on your heart and, 
No, I was, uh, I'm driving in. We, I do you got to stop driving. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, a lot of driving. Or stay in your car. You need a Tesla or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. I'm driving to do, uh, I do a Tuesday Bible study, Tuesday morning Bible study. So I'm driving to church, and I'm kind of like, you know, all these things. Listen, the whole vaccine thing, I'm not against vaccines. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm an mm. anti-mandator, right? Mm. I'm, I don't like where they're forcing people to do stuff. We're going to cancel you because you said yeah. that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'm an anti-mandator. And, it's, and it, you know, I think that we have freedoms that uh, our Constitution affords us. And I believe, you know, there's, I believe that while, you know, and I got to always put this little thing in there because if not, then, um, you know, people will say, He's an anti-vaxxer. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I just believe that while COVID's real, I believe that there's people using it for uh, their uh, as a power move, okay. you know, to uh, to get what they want. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as I'm I'm driving into, uh, is that allowed to go on there? That's yeah, a, that's good. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk about this stuff all the time. Okay. Yeah. So you're kidding. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, I think we're all in the same boat with that, right? Yeah. 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 I just believe that. Yes, it's real. But you know, as as the uh, Marxists would say, you know, you never let a good, uh, you know, a good opportunity go to waste, kind of thing. Yeah, and I yeah. believe that there's the elites of this world. Uh, you know, the Great Reset and all that stuff. I don't believe it's a conspiracy theory. I, I think it's. In the Bible, that I mean, talks about you know one world government and stuff like that, and yeah, to uh, assume that the government has our best interest at heart is just silly. Like just in any yeah, part it, of the world ever, the government has never had the best. Yeah, I don't, right. I don't. Know? I don't think that they're all you know just happy as chappy. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm driving into uh, church, and I'm like, Lord, where do we go with this thing here? You know, uh, where's the line in the sand? You know, I know where's you know. Uh, Romans uh, 13, you mm-hmm. know, you're under the government, mm-hmm. obey the government. I mean, that's why we, you know, closed down, flattened the, the curve, did all that stuff. So we did all that. Uh, but where do we just say enough's enough that they've, mm-hmm. you know, they've overstepped, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, can't, church is non-essential, you know, Home Depot's essential, church is non-essential, right? Now they started with the, you heard the newest one, right? No Drive Sunday, because gas prices are so high. No Drive Sunday. I haven't heard that. Yeah, that's a new one. I said, why don't they have a No Drive Saturday night? But the, No Drive Sunday, they want to push, you know. Unless you have a Tesla. <laughs> Unless you have a Tesla, then you're good. Yeah, yeah the government pay for half of it. You have $10,000 for the Tesla if you want one. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Well, anyway, I'm driving in. And I said, uh, you know, I'm going, Lord, we're, I said, I can't believe no churches are doing anything about this, you know, because I, I really believe whether, you know, I don't know where we are. I'm not a date setter, but I believe that, you know, these are these the birth pangs? Is it a false labor? I don't know. But yeah. I believe that when you look at all the things going on around us, and I'll talk to you young people, but I'm going to turn it on you because I got questions for you. Yeah, please. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I believe that when you look at what's going on around us, the wars, the rumors of wars, you know, nation against nation, which is an interesting thing because the word means ethnos, ethnic warfare, and you see it happening. Uh, I'm saying nobody's talking about this. And it's not like, you know, I could call up a pastor who's been pastoring for the last 50 years. Hey, how do you handle the end times? You know, mm. because it's all new terrain. Mm. So I'm saying I can't believe no churches are talking about this. Because <clears throat> I got a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, Lord, <laughs> the Lord puts it on my heart. And I say it's the Lord because uh, this thought comes into my mind. I want you to call uh, pastors up. And, and, you know, so my first response was, I ain't doing that. Cause that was, uh, it, that's out of my comfort zone. There's comfort zones. And then, you know, that wasn't one of them for me. You know, I'm, a sh- I'm actually, I tell people this and they laugh, but I'm a shy, I'm more of a shy guy. I'm more of 
timid guy, right? So I said, I'm not doing that. So now me and God are having a discussion again. I'm, like, I'm not doing that. And, uh, and then I said... You got to stop saying that. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So I said, I said, this must be from the Lord because I know that I wouldn't do that. It's just not me. So I called up, I called up Vince. I called up uh, Joe Pauls from uh, Living Faith uh, Chapel in uh, Elwood. And, I, you know, some guys I knew. Bill Lukeman, I know Bill. You know, we had met earlier in the year. And uh, I just said, uh, hey, let's meet for breakfast, you know. And uh, a few other guys. I think there were six of us. And uh, we met at Silver Coin. And I said, listen, this is what's going on. I told them the same thing. The Lord said, call pastors. And I said, I don't know. I don't have a big plan. Matter of fact, I don't even have ownership of this. Okay. All I know is he said, call pastors. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lord gives you one step at a time. Mm-hmm. He didn't lay out this whole plan. Right. Wouldn't it be nice if he laid out the whole <laughs> plan, but he doesn't do it. Cause then we'd say, well, I think we could do something different. Well, here. the Jews got the yeah. whole plan and they didn't listen to any of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so he said, call pastors. So I said, uh, I said, listen, this may be a one and done meeting right here. And we just talked about it and you know, that's it. Or we can continue meeting. And uh, they all said, no, let's meet. So uh, we met. And uh, we called the pastors, guys, you know, they called people they knew and said, let's get together. And um, we started meeting. And, uh, I mean, the first meeting, same thing. Fellas, this may be it. This may be one and done. But there's things, you know, that roll around in my head. I'm sure they're rolling around in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we move forward in this? I said, and mostly, since this is all new terrain for all of us, let's just pray for one another, you know, and, uh, let's pray for one another. And we were doing that. And then after about the third meeting or so, uh, I, I, again, I believe as the Lord just, uh, said, Hey, let's, let's get together as churches and pray together mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, it's not ecumenical. I'm not, that was already put in there. We're not ecumenical. We are, you know, churches that preach the word of God, you know, and, uh, not everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that was one of my questions. Yeah, I was gonna, is it yeah. what? What is the line for that? So I know churches that preach the word of God. I mean, technically, yes, they all preach the word of God. A little yeah. bit of the word of God. Uh, and, salvation you know. through faith alone in Christ alone. Okay, okay, that's the you know the, I would say the main tenets. There'll be some things we could disagree about that are not deal breakers. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but you know what's Jesus said. They'll, they'll know that you're Christians with your love one to another, right? Mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, when he prays, he says that they would be one as we are one. Uh, every church has a different flavor, right? Mm-hmm. That's the way, and I think it just shows uh, God, the multifacets of God. Everybody, mm-hmm. Every church has a different flavor. Right. Where some churches are more fellowship flavored, more worshipful flavor, whatever. You know, they're all different flavors, but... We're preaching the same gospel, you know, uh, looking for to win souls. And um, so anyway, we started meeting and you're not, uh, from what I gather, you're not going to just openly trust somebody until you start knowing them, right? So we started having breakfast together. You know, we, we start with breakfast because pastors like to eat. So we, we started with breakfast together. And then we would just sit around, talk a little bit, get to know one another. And, uh, you know, I'd have one speaker up there just kind of encouraging pastors because it is a tough time. And a lot of churches are closed. And a lot of, you know, there's a lot on pastors. I mean, when you look at statistics, a lot of churches are closing, you know. So, and, and really, uh, 
the Lord's, you know, every year I'm like, okay, what's the word this year, Lord? And uh, he just kept telling me, keep pressing on, keep pressing on. That's the word. And that's really what we're doing. We're in just encouraging one another, getting to know one another. And then it was, okay, let's, let's meet and pray together. So when we met on Sunday, you know, at Calvary, uh, we had, uh, what, about five or six different churches there yeah. together, which was pretty cool, yeah. you know, which doesn't happen, you know. And I know that would get some people scared right off the, right off the bat, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know. Well, I can tell you how encouraging that was, uh, having oh, yeah. been there. I think all of, yeah. all of us yeah. were there. Um, as, as you call us young people, I feel old now because I teach high school and they're all, they all think I'm old. <laughs> um, but like as a younger person to see the people that I look up and respect to put aside those barriers and, and put God as a priority, it's such a deep breath of fresh air to know what's possible and to yeah. move forward. So I, I encourage you to keep pushing with that because that is well, going to make a big difference in this. Yeah, it's, it was, climate. you know, I found out with, because my, uh, my church there, people are always saying, hey, What's going on with the pastors? They're excited about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. That it, it is like, you know, and I never thought it was. And then one of the pastors I was talking about from Wellspring, he was saying, well, they have a group that meets down there. So now Wellspring comes up here mm-hmm. and Beacon comes up here and Coastal, but they also have a group that meets and they do, I think, the third Sunday with their prayer. So God's doing something, you know, yeah. uh, in this area, which is, uh, which has really been neat. So I thought it was a good step on Sunday. Uh, and then we, we meet next uh, we meet May, I think the first Sunday of May, May 1st, I think it is, or May 2nd, whatever it is, the first Sunday we're meeting at Victory. When we met with all these churches, because we have churches that come from Mount Laurel, from Medford, from Woodbury, you know, they said keep it, keep it in Hamilton. So we've been back and forth between Victory and Calvary because we're centrally located. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if we move it up to Mount Laurel, that's from Ocean City or, you know, uh, so right, it, right, right. it just yeah, brings everything. Central point. Yeah, yeah, it's a central point. So, um so it's been, and I'll tell you what, a great group of guys that love the Lord that are, you know, it's just been exciting to see what, uh, what God's doing with that. So, uh, and we're just really at the, the start of it, but we got to, you know, got to keep encouraging one another, keep coming out, keep coming out, that kind of stuff. So mm. that's just, uh, you know. And is there any sort of goal or end vision or is it just like it's week a, by week, see what happens? It's a, it's a step at a time. And I, I really believe it ultimately is, you know, us praying for one another, yeah. uh, for each ministry there, you know, uh, and we'll do different things. You know, we, it's funny cause you get guys, some guys are on more on the political end. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we had, um, we had, uh, Chuck who's with Wellsprings, he's assistant Wellspring, but he also does the crisis pregnancy center. He, he, he came on, on the podcast. Chuck Thornley. Thornley. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He Great guy. He presented, you know, that whole ministry there, um, this past, uh, Monday, you know, so we've had different people yeah. speak and, and again just kind of encouraging one another because it's a these are unprecedented times you know and when you know when you look at things you know I'm, I don't know again how much you guys look into things like the great reset and the world economic forum and all this stuff it almost sounds it, it sounds conspiracy theory like but you go to their webs uh, websites and they'll tell you <laughs> this is like the real deal this yeah. is their plan so it's uh you know, when you look at this stuff, okay, how, how we, uh, what are we doing here? You know, yeah. When when I teach, what, what you were just saying reminded me of a couple of things. Like when I I teach at the, the Hamilton High School, and one of the things that's really nice about being a teacher with other teachers is like even today. So like the kids right before we have the the freshman sophomore hop tomorrow, right? So the right. kids are getting ready for the dance. It's a half My daughter's day. going. Is she? Yes, she is. Nice. She is. Going. I'll make sure yes. to say hey. Yeah. 
they get they just get like antsy and they get a little wild, right? So right. like the day before the dance, they're getting like they're getting excited. They're not thinking about a thing in, in school, and so they're just like it's just frustrating to teach in the environment when they're not thinking about what you're doing at all. And so you you're in the classroom and you're just like, man, what am I doing wrong? Or you know, I just want to you know leave yeah. and start a new career, you know? Yeah. And then you get into the hallway and they sit like across the hall another teacher walks out all sweaty with the same thoughts, you know? And they're like, bro, what is going on with these? And then we can like kind of vent for a second right. and then be like, what, how are we going to survive tomorrow? Cause we got to get to this dance. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what that was for the pastors. Cause you guys yeah. don't walk across the hallway. You got to make a call. Yeah. And like during the pandemic, I know, um, pastor Jeff Brower from Wellspring, right. I remember pastor Vince saying, he called him. I was like, what are you guys doing right now? Like, I don't, I don't know what to, like, I'm, I'm praying about it. And, and pastor's like, I don't really know what I'm doing either, but we're, we're right. going to figure this out because uh, we have to. So yeah. let's pray about it right now. And they met up and talked and it's just like creating that avenue for commiserating and figuring out how to yeah, move forward. It really is. It really. And that's what I think, uh, you know, is a big part of this group that mm-hmm. comes together. So we've been getting, you know, 25, 25, 28 pastors, you know, that have been coming together, which is cool. I, I, I'm, we're hoping to, you know, branch out to more. I'd like to get out more. You know, there's a couple I know in Cumberland County trying to get them to come over, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been good. So uh, the long range goal, I, again, uh, right now, we're, really? right now we're praying for one another. We're, mm-hmm. He's got to drive more. Yeah. He's got to drive more. Not with gas yeah. prices, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 That's all right. Uh, I'll just have to keep the car running in my driveway. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, we're praying for one another, encouraging one another, you know, give a, a little, a short little message just mm-hmm. to, you know, keep on keeping on kind of thing. So I'm, I'm envisioning, and correct me if I'm wrong, like a, a shorter mini pastor's conference, like in a, in a, in a morning, like. Yeah, it's is only that, it's only about two hours. Is that what it, it goes from yeah. nine to eleven, and uh, it's just you know we'll yeah kind of just getting a lot of it's just getting to know one another. A lot of these guys I don't know. Right, like I said, I'm sh- I'm shy, so mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. I didn't reach yeah. out to these guys. So I'm kind of you know so it's good. I mean I knew a few of them, you know, uh, but known them more, and uh, you know when you know people more you. You know, you tend to have more of a trust in it and, and that kind of thing. I think that's that's big. So um, so the long-range plan, I think the long-range plan is that uh, I think that, you know, in the society that we're in, uh, truth be told, I think that, you know, I believe in the, uh, the pre-tribulation rapture of the church, although more and more people are, are jumping on social media to say that it's not true. Uh, but I believe that there's a, enough to say that it is true, and I believe that, but I don't believe in the pre-persecution rapture of the church. And, you know, we live in a—this uh, is really a post-Christian nation. This is no longer a Christian nation. Not that it ever was Christian. Not everybody was Christian, but— um, it, was, in, it was in writing. The influence. <laughs> yeah. 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 The influence of Christianity. Christian ideas. Yeah. yeah. Was part of, you know, who we were. Mm-hmm. And that has— Changed dramatically, you know. When when you have you know generation after generation, uh, you know, hearing all the being indoctrinated with a lot of junks, this would happen. So, um, so I think that you know, I think that we could have as Christians, it's going to come to that place where uh, we're going to have to, you know, stand in the evil day. And this is, I think, this is just uh, strengthening us uh, together as a body. Uh, and when I say body, I'm talking about all the churches, the body of Christ, uh, strengthening us so that we can stand in those days. Mm. You know, that's that's what I think the long range goal is. 
Uh, by the way, I hope I'm wrong because I'm not, you know, I'm not for <laughs> persecution. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't yeah, want to yeah, sign yeah, up yeah, for yeah. persecution and well, all that stuff, but there's persecution of Christians all over the world. You know, it's amazing. If you go on some websites, you know, the, I know the big narrative is Ukraine, mm-hmm. and it's terrible what's going there, on there. But look in Africa sometime. Look at the uh, what's happening, the genocide happening in Africa mm-hmm. that you never hear of. Oh, yeah. You'll be amazed how many people, you know, and the Christians being persecuted, you uh, blew me away. I was looking last week. I'm saying, wow, how come they don't talk about this? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, uh, so, you know, I think that there, there may come a time that where us as Christians, you know, we're going to have to make a stand that, you know, we've been comfortable for it's a long time. It's going to have a cost. Yeah. Stand, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've been comfortable for a long time. And I've been saying, you know, one of the one of the uh, great message I heard from Tony Evans uh, one time uh, was that um, you know about the two men who build a house, one on the rock, one on mm-hmm. the one on the sand, you know, and the storm came. Of course, one blew down, one stood, you one on the rock. And I like what he said, and, and it was so true, and it just kind of stuck with me for all these years. That you know, he said, "Listen, um, one thing when you're building a house." You can't build, you can't dig a foundation in the storm. You know, you got to dig the foundation before the storm comes. Mm. And that's my encouragement for, you know, our people of victory, for anybody who wants to hear it. Listen, we got to be digging deep now, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, because there's, there's clouds on the horizon. So we got to be digging deep now and getting deep with Christ now and who he is and, you know, and that he is faithful and all those things. So yeah, that we're, and it's, it's such a good point because we're, we're going through Daniel in, on our Wednesday night services, yeah. Monday, Monday, Monday night Monday services. Night. And one thing uh, Brian the Frey has been teaching on is like how Daniel knew what he wasn't going to do before. Before the trial came with Nebuchadnezzar. So he knew he wasn't going to eat a different way and he yeah. knew he wasn't going to deny his God. And it was, they knew that he knew those things. So it was like, he didn't draw every line. He wasn't going to fight every battle, but he said, you know, he knew the storm was coming and he said, I'm going to draw my line here and here and that's it. So he was prepped. His foundation was laid. He prayed three times a day. Yeah. You know, he was ready, Yeah. but he did have his decisions made ahead of time, which is right. Which you got to do, you know, he's mm-hmm. got a, and he purposed it in his heart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Christianity doesn't just happen, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're prone to go the other way. <laughs> you got to purpose it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it doesn't happen. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what anything, you got a little one coming up. Guess what? You got to, uh, you got to purpose things right now that, you know, that, Hey, as, uh, as parents, I got to do this or, you know, mm-hmm. when this comes about, this is what we're doing <laughs> before you get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, as best you can. I mean, you know, life is wacky, but as best you can, Hey, this is what we're doing, you know. Yeah, and we had uh, Jen Britton on in, uh, for to talk about Christian, not versus, but compared to Christian schooling versus public schooling versus yeah. homeschooling. And it was just, it, that that podcast was more for me because I just had had my daughter and I was like, you know, everybody tell me what you think. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we had, we'll yeah, but we, Liz was on that one too. Yeah. I think she talked. So we had a few different perspectives talking. Yeah. And uh, I know your uh, girls went to Pilgrim? Pilgrim. I okay. have one left. One left. Oh, one yeah. Left she's, in okay. I'm old, but I still have one <laughs> left. I have one left in Pilgrim. I forgot that she was, yeah, because yeah. you said she's going to the hop, right? She's so she's got to a freshman or sophomore? She's a sophomore. Oh, you knew it. The, You're yeah. in. She's going to the hop in Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So letting her go in the lines then for a little bit with my. We are. <laughs> she's reaching out. Yeah. So. No, that's good. So, um, I guess four daughters. It's always an interesting. Man, I don't know. Oh, man. Four daughters. So I, said, I don't know like how you're still here in one yeah. piece. <laughs> you have a good set of hair for four. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Yes. Yeah. You but see the amount fun. of pink on that side of the the, the yeah. room we're in. I can't imagine having four sets of that. <laughs> 
And, and what it is is I think it, I don't think it was just one of these things that just the door opened. I think it was just a slow surrender of soil, you know, just a slow surrender. And, and people just so now, you know, and they're good at name calling. So if you if you believe that, you know what, that's wrong. Wow, that's interesting. That was loud. Who's that? Yeah, not me. Right. That's not like it came through a seventy volt thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's just a, it's a crazy kind of thing. How it just has become a uh, tsunami, pretty much, mm. and it's it's coming. The word the word I'm thinking of that you always use velocitizing, velocitizing, yeah. velocitizing where you just slowly get up yeah. to the speed, and then all of a sudden he has to. Yeah, it it, it, it feels it normal. Keep increasing. Yeah, it keeps yeah. increasing. Right, because so. you know, and it becomes the new normal. Yeah, so then that everybody can identify is what they want. That's pretty. That's pretty wild. Yeah, I tried it twice. It never <laughs> it didn't work for me. I tried it twice. I, I tried it once with the. <laughs> I tried it once the uh, New Jersey. They passed it uh, a couple years last year. No, two years ago, I think it was that they said, you know, they're going to make uh, you could be undocumented. Uh, and get a driver's license in New Jersey. Mm. So I, I go up to the, um, the lady there at the DMV, which is a very happy and fun place to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all happy there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, went to, I go take my picture for my license. No smiling, natural face. He said, smiling is my natural face. No smiling. So they're not a happy group. Over yeah. there, right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm there at the thing, and I got my daughter, and there it is again. It's this thing, I think. So yeah. I get my, I get my, uh, I have my daughter with me and I said, um, I said, uh, she's, uh, you know, cause I got to come up with social security cards and yeah, yeah, yeah. all these points, right. To, mm -hmm. to reach. And they're saying they're going to give license to people who have no uh, documents. documents yeah. Right. So I said, uh, I said, she claims is undocumented. <laughs> I, she identifies as undocumented. This lady went off on me. Oh, no. <laughs> this lady went off on me. Oh, what do you think? We're going to do that? Uh, yeah, I do. It's, you know, you can't believe everything you read. Oh, okay. So I had to come up with documents. I tried it there. didn't work. She didn't identify well. <laughs> and I tried it with my daughter at Niagara Falls. It was 12 and under was free buffet. So I just said, she's 12. She identifies as 12, I said. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Wait, which side were you on? The Canada side or the yeah, New York? I was on the Canada side. Oh, yeah. exactly. She there. identifies That's as 12. <laughs> they, it didn't work there either. <laughs> that got kicked out too. Well, it's funny. I mean, I, I don't, obviously I am grieved by these things that are happening, but I do enjoy when the ideologies collapse on themselves. Like, <laughs> like um, bound to. I mean. they, they have to because they're not based in anything right. that makes sense. So like, the, right. like there's a guy, um, a pedophile who identified as a six-year-old and he was in his 50s. Oh, really? And that, he tried it in court. Really? And it did not hold up, obviously, because it's court, but it's a precedent, you know, and yeah. it's going to continue in that it's direction. Continue, yeah. um, so it's like as a six-year-old, you don't get the same crime punishment, you know, if you identify yeah. that from now on. Um, so yeah. uh, anyway, so that, yeah, that is, that is, I pray that it does not um, infiltrate in our, you know. Well, we see a collapsing against like women right now, like the whole transgender movement. Feminists are yeah. getting yeah. killed the by The same this. people that used to be, you know. Pro-women and pro-feminism are now trampling on women because right. have men beating records that women used to hold. And it's mm -hmm. like, so it's collapsing in on itself. Like. It's crazy. Yeah, if we were younger, we'd be Olympians. Olympians. Oh, my God, I would have got a full ride for softball. D1 <laughs> 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 anywhere. If I could do it all over again. <laughs> if I, was, right. I was born too late. <laughs> what, what would your name be? Uh, I don't know. I haven't gotten that far. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if I answered that too fast, Josephine. it would have been yeah. Josephine. Josephine. Yeah, That's not a Josephine. pretty name, though. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't make a pretty Josephine. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So I, I guess in terms of because like, you have been ministering in this community for so long, how, like yeah. 20 years, 30 years yeah. at this point. Yeah, totally. I know that one of the kind of walls we I guess my question is, how, how do you best minister to Catholics? So uh, how, like there are certain conversations, certain verses you point to. I know we're going through Hebrews right now and, and it's that's like to the Hebrews. So it's to a group of people who are entrenched in tradition. Right. And um they're trying to convince them that Christ is the only way. And so you see a lot of parallels between, like in the first verse of chapter one, is in the past, God spoke to our ancestors and prophets at many times in different ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. So like, that's almost the same message you can apply to Catholics, right? It's like God, God's speaking to you through, uh, in, according to you, through the saints, you know, through right. Mother Mary, through the priest. But now we have the son, so let's focus on him. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't know what kind of message you've you've kind of leaned on to to reach that population. Uh, I one I encourage them to read the Bible that mm. you know that God didn't give us His Word, you know, His owner's manual without us giving us the ability to understand. We're not going to understand the whole thing. If I if my little pea brain could understand the whole Bible, then God is really small, right? Yeah. So I think he could write a book that I can't understand everything about. But you know what's pretty clear? Salvation is through faith alone, in Christ alone. And uh, so my encouragement is, A, to read the Bible. Uh, B, I think it's uh, it's really, sh- you know, showing the love of Christ. Early on in, in ministry, I was reading in Acts chapter 2 where it says that they grew in favor with God and man. And I'm saying... How did this work? You know, the gospel in itself is an offense, right? So you got it, but you got to preach the gospel. So that's, if you preach the gospel, you're going to grow in favor with God. I believe that, I believe the churches that are preaching the gospel, God's going to bring people to those churches, right? right? Um, How do you grow in favor with man? And I think it's showing that you're real and showing the love of Christ. So we have always been big on servant evangelism. Uh, that that's just where the Lord put it on, on my heart to do that, to be involved with uh, things in the community, mm-hmm. okay? Because we love the community. You know, we're part of this community. So we want the best for it. So whether it's little things like we go in Main Street and do the cleanup or paint, plant flowers or whatever we do, right. you know, that's what we take part in. And, um, you know, parade, whatever. And we're involved in the community. And I think that has... Uh, that has made people see, hey, they don't have two heads because a lot of, especially Catholic folks, you know, first thing out your, you know, oh, that's a cult over there. Oh, the only one is your money, you know, all this kind of stuff. When they hear, they don't even pass the money thing around, you know, that, you know, whatever. I don't even, if it's where I'm going in scripture and it talks about money, I'll talk about money, but I don't even talk about giving. I, f- I figure if people love the Lord, they're going to give to his cause, right? right. So, um, you know, so they, they have all these preconceived thoughts and ideas. And uh, so one of the big things we try to do is, you know, I still remember being in Wawa because, you know, we do that. We do a yard sale every year and we pick a cause in the community mm-hmm. to give the money to, right. you know, and that is bizarre, right? Churches, uh, people always say, oh, churches, all they want is your money, right? So yeah. I remember being in Wawa and the guy says to me, uh, let me talk to you a minute. The guy who's working there, he goes, let me talk to you a minute. I said, what's up? He goes, uh, you raise money and you, you give it away? I said, yeah. I didn't, you know, said, yeah. What are you talking about? That yard sale. You do a yard sale and you give the money away? You don't keep it for yourselves? No, we give it away. You know? And he says, I never heard of that. You know, because, again, that's the, uh, a lot of Catholic folks, you know, 
the money's either going to Rome, you know, it's not going, doesn't very, very right. little goes back into the, its own church and its own community. Um, but, uh, so he was amazed by that. I can't believe you're giving it. So he actually started coming out. He ended up getting saved and his, uh, his wife ended up getting saved, you know, just because of something like that, you know? It's, so, uh, so we're big on servant evangelism and it's funny. I was, I was, uh, we had a missionary years later and, and remember, I don't, I just read the word and say, okay, what's the Lord saying here? Right. This is, uh, we had a missionary come and, uh, they would go out. It was new tribes back then. And he would say that, you know, they would go out into the jungle and wherever. They go where man has never gone, mm-hmm. you know. And they do the, he said the first two years, they don't even preach, right? First two years, they don't even bring the gospel. And he says they, you know what they do? They're working, uh, digging sewers, sewers just, for just these people, people. Yeah. living with the people. So the people could, you yeah. know, learn them and trust them mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, uh, you know, developing a, uh, a relationship with them. I mean, face it, you have a relationship with somebody, you're going to be able to talk a lot more than right, right, yeah. somebody you don't know. Yeah. So I think that, I just think that's important for us as churches to be involved in the community efforts and, and you know, back to community. And listen, we have a great town. <laughs> we have a great town. I love this town. This is a tremendous, we got this little haven here in the middle of, you know, everything, right? If I'm coming from Cherry Hill or from Philly, you got all this traffic, all of a sudden you get near Hampton, it starts to ease up, or you're coming the other way, hey, Garber Town, there's all this Thank traffic, you, yeah. come to Hampton, we've got this little haven here. It's an awesome little town, you know? I love it here. So that's why when people say, oh, you're still in Hampton? Yeah, because I love it here. Where, where am I going to go? I'm good mm-hmm. here. This mm-hmm. is nice. Um, so I love this town. And, you know, a lot of people I've known for a long, long time, you know. So um, so that we try to reach out to the community like that so that they don't have the guard up. You know, I'm not trying to make anybody anything. You know what I mean? Uh, that's the Lord's job. Mm. Our job is to spread the gospel. And, you know, and how I've worked with Catholics before, you know, I'll open a Catholic Bible and let's look at it see what it says. And it's an amazing thing. I mean, uh, one of the things that's amazing is, uh, you know, a Catholic Bible, they have the Catholic teaching in the back mm-hmm. and they have the Bible in the front. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you go to the Ten Commandments, the Catholic Ten Commandments are different than the uh, Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, right? So what they did, they did away with, you know, that's for not having any graven images because they're big on that graven mm-hmm. image kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, so that's out in the Catholic Bible in the back. Mm-hmm. And what they did, they got number 10, thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's wife, thy neighbor's good, but they split that in two. So they still got 10. Well, they go to the same Bible and you go, oh, here's the Ten Commandments right here. Thou shalt right. not have any graven images. And you can't believe how many people, oh, I never knew that. I've never seen that before. You know, so to me, it's just the, uh, you know, just the teaching. Well, here's what is being taught, but here's what the Word of God says. And people make a decision for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, you're trying to make me not be Catholic. No, I'm not. I'm trying to make you know Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make you add, uh, come into a, a personal relationship with you him. You call it whatever the heck you want. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Uh, that's what I'm, come into a personal relationship. Know him, that he's the only one that could save you. Not mm-hmm. your good works, not any your church, none of those things. It's a relationship that he's calling you into. Right. And um, that's the way I kind of go with Catholic folks because, you know, I've heard people, you know, they're trying to talk about Mary and they're doing this. They're 
None of this thing. That's the worst thing you can do, I think. You know, that's an offense to a Catholic person. So that's a good way to start. Let's start by offending them all. Let's take, yeah. all, <laughs> exactly. let's take yeah. all their, you know, yeah. mm. let's, uh, let's really just offend them in everything that they believe, you mm. know. I think you got to just keep bringing them to Jesus. Keep bringing them to Jesus. Mm. That's mm-hmm. what they're doing in the book of Hebrews, right? Yeah, exactly. Keep bringing them to Jesus. Mm. Well, you had this, but Jesus is better. You mm-hmm. had that, Jesus is better. Right. You know, and when they come to that, that's a, again, when the dots connect, it's a great thing. Yeah, it's beautiful. Catholics make great Christians. I'm telling you. Yeah, they're they're already are devoted. Now it's just a matter when they understand. It's like wow, you know. They have a diligence. They yeah, do. They do. Yeah. They do. So they're very. They're much more devout. Yes, when they are. But the irony is, part of that is because they're believing in the workspace. But then when you get when you get that part right and you look at it like a Christian, then there's Christians that take that grace. Take advantage of that grace, mm-hmm. yeah. and then they lose. And then they lose that devoutness. Is like the, I don't want to say the need to to put that faith into practice, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's the balance of truth and love. It's like the same right, thing. Right. Like Baptists come in uh, yeah. into the the, the arena, and, and they don't have a lot of love. They're yeah. all truth, right. and then they got to learn love. And then you have like mm-hmm. the uh, what would the qualification for people who cling to love and not truth? Oof. Oof. Protestant, I don't know. I mean, they, they would be more of the uh, emotionally driven yeah. denomination. Some are yeah. more emotional. I didn't want to name the ones I was thinking not, of. That's yeah, why yeah, I was yeah, saying I won't name anybody. Yeah, yeah, I would just yeah. say the ones that are based feelings, on all emotions. feelings and emotions and not truth. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And so they orient their faith around themselves. Kind yeah. of. Um, so I think that it all has to come from, it all has to come from uh, the knowledge of the truth. You know, yeah, I think that goes right down to praise music. Listen, if you're... Uh, listen to praise music, it should be the words that move you, right? The words come in right. and boom, and they move you, okay? If it's the instruments moving you, that's a fine line. Is it mm-hmm. is it the flesh moving me or the spirit moving me? Because, mm-hmm. listen, I could rock on pretty good, Bruce Springsteen. You put Born to Run on, I could, yeah. I could you know, bang it pretty good. But, we'll you know, test that out. Yeah, <laughs> try it out. Try it out on the way out. But, you know... Uh, Again, I think it's the words have to come in, mm-hmm. and and they're the things like when you understand, man, all that the Lord did for you and does for you. Wow, that makes you worship, Lord. You're worthy, as opposed to right. just you know music per se. And I'm not against music, by the way. Yeah, no, no. Uh, I mean, worship music is so powerful. I mean, how many times are you like people leaving your church when they any church when they leave? They're they're humming a song. Oh yeah, but they're not they're not like oh repeating your five main points, you know. Yeah, well, so no, sometimes no, the yeah. song like carries more like in their brains when they leave, oh, and, yeah. and so the, it's so important to have the word in the song. Sure. Because if you're just having like a feel good song, well, and the whole book leaving, of Psalms is songs. I mean, we yeah, remember exactly, songs, exactly. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm saying though that yeah. like when people leave and they, they they if the one thing they're gonna remember sometimes is a song if they're like newer mm-hmm. believers. Like, it, how great is it that if the scriptures in the songs they remember if the, scriptures the scriptures in the song? Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah so that's why yeah. it's such a, so important if to the keep song scripture. is in truth. That's why mm-hmm. it's so important that the, whatever the words of the songs are, we they make sure the theology's right yeah. in the words of right. the song. You know, I got to start singing uh, sermons. Maybe that's it. Maybe that <laughs> is. <laughs> now we're back to Catholic they'll, again. They'll remember, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll remember that. Yeah, we'll go right. full circle. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's right. That's funny. Yeah. So I I have. A, uh, did you have any questions before I... Because I, you had questions for I us, have a said, question right? for you guys. Oh, you start. Okay. You go yeah. ahead. Your turn. I got a question for you guys. So uh, in the event... Jesus. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> there it is. There's yeah. the answer. Yeah. <laughs> in the event that say, you know, say these are the last days, all right? 
you guys are young. Man, I'm on the back nine. You know what I mean? I've, I've, no, I'm on, I feel I'm, like I'm on the back nine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, I think the number lies. You just got like the, you're on the third hole. You still got You should see time. how many espressos he drinks. In. <laughs> <laughs> we sincerely thank you for listening to this week's episode of Encounter. On this podcast, our goal is to encounter Christ, culture, and each other. And specifically in the each other part, in our real conversations that sometimes span two to three hours, you may hear an opinion that you disagree with. First, please know that scripture is our ultimate authority and that the word of God is the ultimate test of objective truth. Second, know that we are all part of the body of Christ and we are constantly learning and growing as well and would love to hear from you if you think differently on a topic. You can do so by DMing us on Instagram. If you have been blessed by this podcast at all, please subscribe, like, and share it.